Hey there, I'm Donnie Spano and we are here for Faith for Today. I'm so glad that you've joined us. Now let's go ahead for a quick moment in prayer. And um, you know, I was actually impressed with a certain quote that uh, Brother John Wesley, many years ago, he quoted this. He said that it seems to, he had found over the course of years that it seems that God is limited by our prayer life. That he can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks him. That he's limited by our prayer life, that he can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks him. And you find that this was something Jesus actually told us as disciples. He would, he would tell them, you know, up until this time, he told the disciples before his passing, that they had not asked anything in his name. And he said, ask now that your joy may be full. There is, um, well, I don't want to get too far into that. Let's go ahead and practice that. Let's seek the Father about this time and let's let him show us faith for today through these scriptures. Father, we come to you and we're asking for this very thing, that you would reveal to us your will and your way, truth that is needful for today, that we may faithfully walk before you and in this generation showing forth how good you are and how faithful you are. We thank you for this. We ask together, Father, for your anointing to uh, minister and to hear well what's needful here, that by the Holy Spirit, the helper and our teacher, we would see what we have not seen and lay hold to truth that, has, uh, that is needful for these days. Thank you for this, Father. Uh, asking together for grace, Father, to speak this well and hear this well, and we thank you for it. And um, asking, Father, any illustrations and examples that are needful for this time, we believe we receive it. And as we go out from here, yes, sir, asking for your grace to help us to not just be hearers of these words, but doers, that we would put them to practice and that we would be blessed in what we do thereby. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Now, there's something. Jesus was noted for his prayer life. There were, uh, his disciples actually asked him to teach them to pray. And, you know, we, many know this as the, the prayer, the Our Father prayer, but he was teaching them in this manner, or you could say in this way to pray. And he talked to the Father with confidence and with uh, an assuredness, a certainty that he belonged in presence with God. There'd be times where I'm thinking now, before Lazarus was raised from the dead, the very prayer that took place in that point in time was actually for those that, had, that were present. And Jesus mentioned, he said, Father, I, I'm speaking to you now regarding these things uh, for, for the sake of those that are here, essentially. And your and my prayer life, this is one of the very fundamental aspects of Christianity. That we have this relationship with God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ that's so tangible, so real, that when you and I speak, when you and I talk with Him, there's something sensed for those who are faithful and for those that know God. And that being said, we're looking today at this uh, series we've been on, Humility. Humility, and we're going to look at today what is being more like the Master, 
more like the Lord Jesus. And we're going to go to our main text here in Matthew, the 11th chapter, verse, verses number 29 and 30. I encourage you, go ahead and get your Bible out. Go ahead and go to these verses with us. Let your eyes lay upon them and then hear it for yourself. This is the ways in which it keeps in your heart. And if it's in your heart, it's in a place where it can work for you. And um, you and I have an enemy, the devil, who seeks to come and take the words, God's words, that are sown in our heart. If he can get them from within our heart, he can get them from working in our life. And you'll find in Proverbs, the fourth chapter, this is how we keep it in the midst of our heart. It's by keeping it before our eyes. It's by keeping it in a place where we can hear it. And this is how we can keep it working for us. Now, while you're going there, Matthew 11, 29 through 30, we've also got it here on the screen. I, I wanted to bring up another quote. This was something that Brother Billy Graham said some years ago. He said, being a Christian is more than just an instantaneous conversion. He said, it is a daily process whereby you grow to be more and more like Christ. It's more than an instant change. It's an aspect, it's a lifestyle where you grow more and more like Jesus. And this is what we're talking about when we're talking about humility and being more like the Master. There's one notable thing that Jesus told us when He said, Come to Him and learn of Him. He said He's humble. He's meek. He's lowly of heart. So the mark of a Christian is a man or woman that is a humble man or woman. It's an individual, you could say a child as well. You can yield to this. As a young person, you can put this, you can clothe yourself in humility. And in so doing, you're clothing yourself in the Christ. You're putting yourself in a position where you're like the Master. Now let's look at this so you see it for yourself. Verses, uh, we'll start in 28. I told you 29, but it's 28 through 30. And he says, Come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, there are those who profess to be Christians who are not fully yielding themselves to the Christ. You know, you'll hear people talk about being burnt out in ministry. You know, they're, they're saying, I'm doing what God told me to do, and it burnt me out, it wiped me out, and I can't do it anymore because it's hurting me. You have to leave what Christ told you to do in order to be in a place where you're burdened and heavy laden. To be in a place and position where you're burnt out, it means you had to in some way, shape, and form leave what Christ said. And it's easy to do. I'm not, say you felt you have been burnt out in time past. No condemnation at all. I'm susceptible to it like any of us are. Every single one of us is susceptible to have a good idea come to us and just roll with the good idea. A good idea is not necessarily the God idea. And it's not what Christ dealt with us to do. A humble man or woman will be an honest man or woman. You have no humility without honesty. And part of honesty is I need to determine is this man or is this God and if I don't know within myself for a certainty that this is God then I need to be honest 
and, and be clear with that and even clear with people and just let them know, well, you know, I, I'd like to do that, but I just don't have anything about that right now. I don't sense God has shown me anything about that right now. And in that honesty, there's that transparency and there is a protection for us. Why? Because we're humbling ourselves before God. And it puts us in a protected place where we're not adding to ourselves all these things that God did not tell us to do. So we're not taking our time and putting it in places where we should have had it where He told us. And that also means you're rested. That also means you're not burnt out and hurt and harmed in any way. Now, you know, people will argue this. They'll say, well, what about those that were martyred? What about those that suffered for the cross of Christ? Yes, yes. They knew what they were going to. Paul knew very well he was going to go to Jerusalem and he was going to be persecuted. He knew what was to come. In fact, there were those that were trying to persuade him, don't go. People were prophesying. You know, there was one actual prophet that took, you know, what was, uh, you know, girding up from his clothing and, and put it around his hand and said, so shall the owner of this be, you know, be captive in Jerusalem. And Paul would whip, uh, would weep before them and said, why, why do you break my heart? I must go. I must, I must testify before Jerusalem for the Lord's sake. So he knew, although this doesn't look good, this is part of what I'm to do for God. And there's a confidence, there's a security and a peace that comes when you know, although this way looks hard, God has shown it to me, which means I will prevail, I will be protected, I will be as comfortable as you can be. Why? Because I'm in the Master's hands. I'm under the mighty hand of God. And so that being said, he said, this is Jesus speaking, our master speaking, come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So if you want to find rest, this is the answer. Come to Jesus. I sense there's people right now, it's been hard. Listen, you don't got to make it all right. Come to Jesus now. Choose him now. And it's as simple as that. It's as simple as saying, Lord... Jesus, I just sense like there's more to you and knowing you that I want. And I open myself to you. I want you in my life. And I encourage you, if you'll make that simple act, that simple step and open yourself to him, you'll see more of him than you may imagine you'll know. And it will transform your life. So come to him. You'll find rest. And he goes on and says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. So the yoke was uh, something that would come over and it would be a leading way, a guiding way. It would set the limits uh, or restraints of where these oxen or animals were to go. And he's saying, here I am and come next to me and be yoked together, coupled together with the Christ. Be how are you going to be more like Him if you don't couple yourself with Him? Which means, yes sir, okay. He's endeavoring for us to come to this place where we're so close to Him, we see how He operates in every area of life. But we have a choice. It starts out with Him bidding us to come to Him. Him bidding us to 
at this point take his yoke upon us he's not enforcing us at all and this is an aspect of humility that many have have uh they've got we've gotten more into religion than we've realized god will not humble us and he will not set up opportunities for us to be humbled he would have to humiliate us to humble us and I know many people have believed this, that if we don't humble ourselves, God will humble us. No, He won't. If we don't take His yoke upon us, we will not be in humility. And He will not have His way in and through our lives. It's not up to Him. It's up to us. It is our choice whether God has His way in our life. So, if someone's humbled because they don't humble themselves, it's not God that did it. They have put themselves in a place where they're not protected. They're, they've put themselves in a place where Satan, the devil, may steal, kill, and destroy from them. Because they're not under the yoke of the Lord. They're going their own way. And um, he said, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest to your soul. So the mark of being like the master is meekness and it is humility now he goes on and says for my yoke is easy and my burden is light now let's go ahead to Romans chapter 12 Romans 12 actually do this for me go with me yes sir okay you go to numbers 14 and I'll meet you there but then I'm gonna read to you Romans 12 and we'll look to put it on the screen Numbers 14, verse 26, and then we're going to go to Romans 12, verse 1 through 3. Thank you, Lord. He is helping us, and I'm so thankful. So again, my friends, we're going to Numbers 14, and then let me read to you here out of Romans, the 12th chapter. <clears throat> And we see here in Romans, the 12th chapter, a connection between humility and faith. Now, this is faith for today that we're looking, that we're, uh, yes, sir, laying hold on. And here in the first verse, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren. Now, in the Amplified Classic, it says, I appeal to you. This is like a pleading. This is an urging. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. This is humility. The presentation of oneself as an act of worship. It's humility. And he says that we present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to who? To God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world. So this is what a picture of humility is, that we present ourselves to God, which keeps us from being conformed to the world. So if we refuse to humble ourselves, if we refuse to present ourselves as an act of worship to God and allow Him to have His way in our life, then we'll find ourselves conformed to this world. What does this world look like? Selfish and proud. Don't just take my word for it. The God of this world, He is a picture of pride. He's the very one where iniquity, wrongdoing was found in Him. He was created perfectly, and yet He made the very lying, the very He authored lying. And yes, and it says that wrong was found in Him. He created Himself into what He is. 
and he didn't just want for himself to be this way he was lifted up in his own heart he was so mindful of his beauty and so mindful that he could actually have a throne like the most high he was going to be like the most high and he was not content with what he was created to be he needed more and in fact i sense to some degree he thought he deserved more he thought he deserved more and this is a portion of pride that we haven't looked at a whole lot but it is this aspect that pride presumes it presumes it expects that someone owes it something that it's owed what it's not given and i'm sure you and i have have we've experienced this the thought you you've been around someone and you can sense they're expecting you to do something they've never asked they've never asked about that but they just expect you're going to do that why why presume that why not ask a question and so there are expectations that are laid out this world's full of people judging one another thinking well they should have done that for me they should have done this and they didn't and so they've taken them and they've put the value of them lower why because they didn't do what they should have done for me this is an act of pride presuming and so here we see in the second verse he says and be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of god the only way we'll prove the perfect will of god is to enter into humility and and yes sir present ourselves to god and to his way and as we do that we'll find it says here in the third for i say through the grace given to me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think but to think soberly according as god has dealt to every man the measure of faith the lifestyle of faith is coupled with us viewing ourselves in the right light seeing ourselves as god sees us seeing ourselves for who we are this is an aspect of being a christian this is an aspect of a faithful lifestyle now let me catch up with you there in numbers 14 and um, there's some things I'll, I'll bring out that I, I just touched on I have some notes here I just I'll share with you and it is this um, one of the things that the Lord ministered to my heart when we looked at humility was that pride despises it thinks little of people and of things it disdains and it believes lies but humility it prizes it values people and things it acclaims gives acclamation and it sees it right and when humility prizes and pride despises this is an aspect see pride has this way and and it's actually you find it it happened in the lord jesus life and ministry he went to his own hometown and they didn't receive him and they were looking on him they were looking at the fact that he was a carpenter the fact that he was from that town the fact that his family was from that town and they did not receive what god had put in him 
it said he could there, which meant it wasn't about his willingness. It was about his enabling ability. He could there do no mighty work, and it was because of their unbelief. He actually marveled at their unbelief. And it shows that God sent a man to that town, and they would not receive what God put in him because they were too busy looking on him. And this is an aspect of pride is that it believes a lie and misses the true value within. And it's the same way in our lives. We'll find this. There will be people that will despise us and think little of us, but we have a choice whether we're going to allow that to affect us and become our reality. That will affect what they can receive from us, but it doesn't have to affect us in what we do going forward. And it's very interesting to know that for ourselves, there could be people around us right now sent by God and he's put inside them what is needful for us today. And yet we can actually act like there's nothing there and treat it like it's nothing. Think little of it. The thing about ignorance, you ignore it. Why do you ignore it? Because you don't think much of it. And it's that way with services all around us, businesses all around us. If you have no need for that thing, then you're not thinking about it. You're despising it. We don't use that in this, in our language very often, but that's what's going on. Ignoring it because we don't see any value in it. But humility will see what pride does not. And it will see value in something that others completely overlook. They've been by it, they saw it, but they completely missed the beauty and the majesty that was in that place, in that person. They missed it in Jesus, they may miss it in us, but there will be those that will find that treasure because they'll be of a humble heart and they'll see within. And so I wanted to share that with you. Thank you, Jesus. And so we talked about how pride presumes. It, it bases itself on the idea that it's owed something. It leads to frustration when someone doesn't give what they've come to believe they deserve. So you see, pride will presume and it enters into contention. It'll look for a fight because it's not getting what it thinks it's owed. And that's something we'll come back to. So now here we are. In, um, oh, thank you, Lord. Yes, sir. Numbers 14. One of the something we'll see about humility. Let, let, me, let me touch on this for a moment. Humility has benefits. Benefits of humility. The humble, the meek, will inherit the earth. You'll find this in Psalms 25, Psalm 25, verse 13, and then Psalm 37, verse 11, and verse 22. And you'll find it on the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, verse 5. You'll also see, if we look at 1 Peter 5, verses 1 through 10, and you don't need to go there, I'm just giving this for your reference, you'll find that the humble receive God's grace, the humble also are exalted by God in due time, the humble know God's care for them, are protected from the devil, they have the authority to resist the devil. And they are perfected, they are established, strengthened, and they're settled by God. So if we, if we don't humble ourselves, these are things we'll miss out on. 
Because that only pertains to the meek. It only pertains to the humble. And um, I encourage you, if you have not listened to this series at all, go back to it. There's some things that God has shown us regarding humility that is very, very important. You see, if we don't humble ourselves, we will not be humble. And there will be much we'll miss out on. We will not be more like the Master. But let's go here to um, Numbers 14, verse 26. And it said, And the Lord spake to Moses and unto Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation, which murmur, which speak wrong against me? He said, I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel, which they murmur against me. And he told them, Say to them, As truly as I live, says the Lord, as you have spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. And he told them that their carcasses would fall in the wilderness, all that were numbered of them um, from twenty years and upward, which murmured against him. He said, Doubtless, they will not go into the promised land. And he said, um, Only Caleb, the son of Juna, uh, Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. He said, But your little ones, which you said should be a prey, them will I bring in, and they shall know the land which you have despised. So remember, pride despises. Pride comes before a fall. Pride will cause you to miss out on God's best and His good. And that's exactly what happened to this old, uh, these Old Testament people. And so then, you know, for time's sake, I'm going to come up here. And it said that, you know, they, uh, they started to repent, these people, after this fact. It said, um, let me find it here, 39th verse. 39, Moses told these sayings to all the children of Israel, and the people mourned greatly. So now they're feeling bad. And they rose up early in the morning, and they got them up into the top of the mountain, saying, Look, we be here, and we'll go up to the place which the Lord has promised, for we have sinned. And Moses said, Wherefore now do you transgress the commandment of the Lord? But it shall not prosper. God told them, No, don't go in. You've missed your opportunity. It's no longer there. And they said, no, we messed up, but we're going in. Let's go do this thing. And Moses is trying to help them, telling them it will not what prosper. He said, go not up, 42nd verse, for the Lord is not among you. The Lord is not among you. That you be not smitten before your enemies. For the Amalekites and the Canaanites are there before you, so these people are, will be against, against you. And he said, therefore the Lord will not be with you. 44th verse, but they presumed... So they despised and they presumed. They presumed to go up to the mount, to the hilltop. Nevertheless, the ark of the covenant of the Lord and Moses departed not out of the camp. Then the Amalekites came down and the Canaanites which dwelt in that hill and smote them and discomfited them even to Hormah. Why are people experiencing failures and being unsuccessful yet professing Christianity? Because of this very issue here. Presumption. Presuming that God would do this thing or that thing, and in all actuality, the fellowship is lost. Not hearing from Him, not doing what has been heard of Him. If we don't humble ourselves to His will and His way, the way will not be successful. And now, let's look here. We saw in recent times, this word, let me give you this, this word presumptuous also means arrogant or proud. Now, um, go with me, if you will, to Luke, the 17th chapter. And I'm going to read to you some other verses briefly here. Thank you, Lord, for helping us. 
more like the master. We looked at how Jesus in Hebrews 5, it said he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. He learned obedience. And one of the things we'll see about humility is that it will obey. It will obey. Something that a lot of people don't like to hear. Just do what you're told. Just do what you're told. That is an aspect of humility. Which is why many more will side with pride. Many more would rather rebel. And many more would rather resist. That's more comfortable to them. But here, and I'm going to read this to you in, uh, thank you, Lord. In Psalms 19, verse 13, it says, Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Presumptuous sins. And we see also in 2 Peter 2, verses 9 through 12, there's also a touching base on this. But we touch base on Hebrews 5. Let me, um, we're going to go to Luke 17, verses 5 through 10. Thank you, Lord. Luke 17. This is a picture of the humble heart that I sense is more like the Master. We said that he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Um, for time's sake, we won't look at it, but, you know, Jesus humbled himself. At the end of his life, he, um, he knew his time had come, and he took off, and I know we're running short on time, but he took off his garments, set them aside, and then he went to serve them, and he washed their feet, and he said, you've, you've seen an example. You call me master, you call me Lord, and so is right and true. But now you see the example I've done for you, so should you do for, for other disciples. And he was giving us an example of humility. To wash one's feet was the lowest of jobs of the time. And yet he was setting aside and putting himself in the lowest position. And the very aspect of him becoming man, he humbled himself to do it. He looked on this humbling of himself, not as a demotion, but as a sacrifice for promotion. And I don't believe he did it for the promotion, but I do believe he did it to please the Father. And this is an aspect of being like the Master that you and I are called to on a daily basis, that there's going to be things God's going to call us to do. And when we look at it, it's not going to look very appealing because it's going to look like a demotion. It's going to look like a step down. It's going to look like we're going the wrong direction. And I've seen this time and time again where... We're, you know, tomorrow and I, we have gone into things and gone to do things. And then we were being told by God to do something. And I think, well, what about all those years that we spent investing in that? And it's like you're starting over again. And what are you doing? You're being called to humble yourself so that he can exalt you in due time. And it's a continuous cycle with God. Jesus looked at his life as an investment. He looked at his life as a seed. And his learning obedience was giving of himself. And there's going to be times where you and I are going to do the very same thing and God's going to call us to give of ourselves in ways. And it's going to take humility. Now here, and I know we're looking at time's sake, but I sense it's important. 17, 5 through 10, we're going to look at this. This is an aspect of humility that's more like the master, and it taps into what he did for us. 
it taps into his not looking at becoming man. You have to think he was all that God is. And he stepped down from that to take upon him the form of man. And he felt what we feel. He hungered and he thirsted. And he had all these aspects of humanity that <laughs> it looks like a big step down. It is a big step down. But to look at it, to lay aside the God to become man, it looks like a bad deal. And yet he took it without any shame. He took it without any regret. He took it as an act of obedience, as an act of pleasing God. And he didn't look at it with any disdain. He didn't look at it like it was a slap in the face or a disgrace. And here in, in verse 5, Luke 17, it says, And the apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. So we're talking about faith for today. And we'll see an aspect of humility in this. So they're saying, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say to this sycamore tree, be you plucked up by the root and be you planted in the sea and it should obey you. So you see an aspect of faith, which is coupled with humility, has authority. It's under the mighty hand of God. And it says in the seventh verse, But which of you having a servant plowing or feeding cattle will say to him by and by when he's come from the field, Go and sit down to meat. Or you could say, Hey, go, go and have dinner. And it continues in the eighth verse and says, And will not rather say to him, Make ready wherewith I may sup. Or you could say, Eat and gird yourself and serve me till I have eaten and drunken. And afterward you shall eat and drink. So he's saying, which of two, two would this faithful one do? Has a servant, the servant's worked all day. Is he going to tell him, okay, servant, now you can, employee, you can go ahead and, and eat now. No, he's going to say, rather, he would say to him, go ahead and make dinner. Prepare dinner. We're going to go ahead and eat, and then you can go ahead and eat following. Now, people got a problem with that already. <laughs> this is scriptural. This is God's way, the right way. And he said, it's actually better he says this to him. Now the ninth verse says, Does he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? And it continues and says, I trow, or the thought is trow meaning think. I, I don't think so. The servant did what the servant was commanded to do. And the servant was not thanked. And actually, before God, that's right. Now, a lot of people, they'd be up in arms just because you didn't thank them for doing what their job was. It was their duty to do it, but they didn't get a thank you. They quit. They're done. They don't deserve this. They don't need this. This is our generation. This is what people are looking at. This is not godly. Godly, if you have something that He's told you to do, if we have something before us, He's commanded it of us, then whether he, whether we're thanked or not, do what you're commanded. This is actually an aspect of humility. And this is found in faithful people. He's telling them, you want to increase faith? Get this inside you. Get this in you. And He continues and says, so likewise you. So if you're a disciple... If you're learning after the Master, if you're coming to Him and learning of Him, so likewise you. When you shall have done all those things which are what? 
asked of you, pleaded with you, please, please, would you do this for me? I know I'm your master, but I'm, I'm just begging you. No. Commanded. There are some things that God, for those that have humbled themselves and have sought to be faithful and do what He tells them to do, there will be commands. There will be directives. There will be something that you owe Him to do. Required to do for Him and for His. He said, likewise you, or we could say we, when you shall have done all those things which are commanded you, say this. <laughs> Go ahead and say this with me. Um, say, that, say it in the I form. I am an unprofitable servant. I have done that which was my duty to do. You notice Humility or pride can be formed in the self. It, it, you can find pride, a lot of pride can be found in you and my, our talking, in that we talk a lot about ourselves. But this is actually a correct form to enter into humility. When we enter in it this way, and we say, I am not worthy to be thanked. I'm not a profitable servant. I'm, I'm not one that needs to be thanked, really. I've only done what, what, what I was told to do. It puts itself in a place where it knows its source, where it knows that anything that's good, if it's come through me, it's not because of me. It's because of my master. It's because of the one who has supplied me. It's because of the one who's dispensed to me so I can dispense it to you in whatever shape and form that is. If it's a business that's done excellently, it's because the Lord has blessed us and has enabled us. It's because I've put myself under Him and I've heard from Him and I've done it His way, so I don't deserve the thanks. I don't deserve. I've only done what I was commanded to do. I've only done what He's told me to do. This is being more like the master, doing what you're told. And it's an aspect of faith that few are finding, and that's why few are found faithful. But I'm talking to faithful few. And in comparison with all the billions that are in this earth, faithful few, there may be more than you realize. But together, we are entering into these aspects. And I know there's some things God needs you to do. Yes, you. And He's given it to you. Now, He'll find someone else if you won't do it. But He has put it for you to do. It's a task for you. And it's a command. It's not just something that we need to take lightly. My preaching this to you right now, it is not something that I take lightly. I look at it much like the Apostle Paul. He said, necessity is laid upon me. He said, woe is unto me if I don't preach the gospel. He said there was a dispensation of the gospel that was given him. There was a part of the gospel that was required of him to teach and to preach. And it's required of me. And there are requirements of you, my friends. So together, let's come to him. Let's learn of him.
and let's do what is committed to us to do so that the glory of God would be known throughout this earth. Hallelujah. We love you, friends. We bless you, and we will see you soon. Come back for more of Faith for Today. Thank you.